Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And welcome back in another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. The final edition of this college season. Maybe took us an extra day. I was on a red eye. Brentley had a right all night. Flew home yesterday. Children, obligations. And I think we needed a little time to decompress uh, after what was an exciting championship for the men. Yeah, just just a little bit, Burko. I mean... It was a late night of riding, but, you know, wouldn't ask for anything more. Get to cover back-to-back weeks, little fortnight, our last one in Scottsdale. Kind of going to miss Scottsdale. May not miss the 100, 105-degree temps, but there were some cooler days. And uh, one of the best places, in my opinion, in the entire country after, you know, around 7.30 or 8 when the sun starts going down. I'll take I'll take a hundred all day long because you know how many weather delays we had in six championships in three years. Tornadoes. Uh, Rich Harvest Farms was hail probably hail. a little bit of hail everything. Ladies. I mean, yeah. cold hail, rain, um, and we got some sunny days there too, but there were not enough of them. Yeah, we'll get to our thoughts on Greyhawk at the end. Let's recap the men starting with stroke play portion of the championship. You go to that final day, Ross Steelman, Georgia Tech, had played exceptionally well for three days. Played exceptionally well, as as he said on our broadcast, for 70 holes. He just happened to bogey 16, 17, and 18 coming down the stretch. Others had a chance, but it was Florida's Fred Biondi. Um, Other than a hiccup at seven and a, a short miss at 12, Clinical comes from, what, four behind to start the day, similar to Roseanne. Granted, there are others involved, too, like the women. Uh, Fred Biondi became the third individual national champ at Florida. And, and honestly, I don't think he gets the credit as being one of the five or ten best players in the country because this season, you know what? I really believe he was. Yeah, it's it's tough because you look at the rankings and you're like, gosh, I mean, where is he? I mean, he's not in the top ten. and. He's not anywhere close. I don't know where he ended up finishing, but uh, it all just comes down to that one tournament. Southern Highlands, we talked about it a couple months ago on the podcast where he beat three people the entire tournament. And so that affects your rankings. But that was just one bad week where he didn't have it. I know JC probably told you the same story of the final round there. Fred's in the ninth fairway or had just hit his tee shot on the ninth hole and drops down to one knee and is literally in tears. He just said he just didn't have it. And the way he responded after that, um, yeah, I mean, when, when he's at his best, which we saw close to that these past four days, um, he is one of the top 
five, ten players in the country. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to watch the drama, watch the excitement. Uh, I thought Ross Steelman handled it like a champ, for lack of a better term, and put it behind him as Georgia Tech made it to match play. We'll get to that. 32, Burko. He's 32 What's, in golf stat. Fred? Yeah. There are not 31 college golfers better than Fred Biondi. <laughs> I agree. That, I agree. To your, to your point, the rankings, laid an egg, best thing that maybe ever happened to him two and a half months ago to get to this point. Uh, that's why the rankings are what they are. Um, stroke play, a different avenue. Vandy, number one team in the country. You and I had them as one or one A all season long. Um, squarely on that magic eight number going into that final round. Started on the back, three under early, and that was it. Never a factor. Um, disappointing. Disappointing when when your top dog, Gordon Sargent, doesn't have it relative to what he can do. Um, everyone else, I think you look over your shoulder, oh, wow, Gordon's not going to shoot 60-something today. It, from the outside looking in, talking to Scotty Limbaugh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, they they just didn't play well. And you know what? They didn't play that great compared to what the rest of the season was like for the last month of the year, and it cost them. Yeah, and there's always that worry, like when you get really hot and you've been the number one team pretty much all year, Last year, they were able to keep that hot spring going and get into match play, make a run. Uh, this time, you know, for whatever reason, um, you just had three or four guys just not clicking. I mean, Matt Riedel and Cole Sherwood had been trending downward um, after hot falls, after great, great years last year. Um, and then Reed Davenport struggles again. Uh, William Malsman, their best player, really, for the last few months besides Gordon Sargent but then you just don't have that top 10 finish by Gordon to lean on he ties for 40th I think it was just you can't really put it on one guy you got you because all of them didn't play well the whole team um, you have to wonder if maybe Gator Todd being announced you know about a month ago as the new Kentucky coach maybe that had a negative impact although you know you look at what he's done for that program and it was time. Like he earned a head coaching position, but you know, was he looking ahead? Uh, you know, were some of the players, you know, maybe a little jealous of, of all the attention that Gordon got all year and, and everyone fawning over Gordon was, was there some of that? I don't know. I mean, it's just, you, you, you hate to speculate, but when the number one team in the country, you know, doesn't, doesn't break par either of the days and, doesn't even sniff match play. I mean, they finished nine shots back um, and really never made it close. You know, those final four, four or five holes were basically just they knew their season was over and yet they have to finish a few holes. So, um, like I said, you, you hate to speculate, but they, they were supposed to win. I mean, most people tabbed them as the team that was going to win it all and they didn't even come close. Yeah, and from a disappointing standpoint, that's my biggest Surprise coming out of stroke playing on the flip side. We we all know how good Ben James is, national freshman of the year at Virginia, but that was my pleasant surprise. 16th in the country, a good team. I didn't have them making it to match play. So on, on the other end of the spectrum, 
uh, a tip of the cap to the Cavaliers and head coach Bowen Sargent. Yeah, and Ben James, Phil Mickelson Award winner for National Freshman of the Year. Um, he, he's had a great year. I mean, five wins. Actually, no, six wins, I think. No, five wins. Five, five, five wins. Yep. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things. I think uh, when you look at Coach of the Year, um, Bowen Sargent wasn't a, a finalist, probably should have been. There's a couple more coaches that probably should have been. Um, the job that he's done. And Brian Lee. Great week, too. I mean, he was overshadowed in this recruiting class by Ben James. You know, he is an AJGA winner. He's, you know, been around the block on the junior circuits uh, a, a time or two. So um, they're, they're going to be good. I mean, you, you, you look at what Vandy brings back and you say, all right, they're going to be up there again. This, this Virginia team is not going anywhere. And they're 16th in, in, in golf stats in this season. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a top 10 squad. Yeah. And, um, Hard to argue that, as you said, talent, ACC, well-represented, uh, five teams in the field, four made it to match play. In that final spot, little Pac-12 player, Arizona State, Stanford, five players, five different holes, two holes needed, a little bit of a di- difference than the normal event. All five scores count. And I know social media and certain people get all worked up. Um, that has nothing to do with TV. That's the championship committee decision five on five um i like I think it, well, it why, why would anyone yeah. not like it well that's 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 for you to discuss with, <laughs> with those people uh but everyone always says well it's not what we play all year well who cares who cares this isn't all year this is a championship um and the truth is when you are scattered on five different holes um you don't have to wonder who was dropped everyone everyone matters yeah no i I mean, heck, I uh, would almost like to see five count five for, you know, maybe not the national championship, but maybe try it out during the regular season and see how it goes. Um, certainly it would favor the the better teams. And uh, I guess that's what we're trying to do. All this, you know, angst about match play, not identifying the best champion. Well, you want to identify the best champion. How about we just make it make them all count? That that's a whole nother podcast. I know where you're going with that. It's a little bit of crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the rich getting richer. Uh, the the parody that we're now really seeing in college golf would go ten steps backwards, in my opinion. But, um, it was fun. Arizona State got in that last and final spot, and then they moved over to Tuesday uh, in quarterfinal action in the morning pulling the brackets up because i got to admit i have to refresh my mind of exactly what (laughs) had to do that too i'm like i'm like i I, i'm like who did florida state play in the first round and it took me about five minutes before i realized oh they beat illinois yeah we'll rip through it quickly just in the order of seeding north carolina the top seed taking down arizona state rather easily three to one that's a whole another scenario no, 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 no. It should be. It. I mean, it should That's be. That's another four, podcast, four to too, that enough people thought that if a match was still on the golf course and had not finished, no one should win or lose. I don't buy it whatsoever. There, there's winners and losers in the world. Um, I, I don't so, even want to go. So you're on my side, hope... right? You're on oh, my yeah. side. Then. Yeah. If you're it's, losing the match, you lost. Yeah. It's just one set had didn't update. I mean, if no, you go no, back no. to. Yeah, but no, this is what the, the championship committee is doing. The final uh-huh. record is three to one because they decided 
and I love them for the most part. This decision, I think, is awful because now the history books will never look the same. You could have an anchor match go 16 holes, somebody play three matches, and not have a match play record. They could be zero and zero. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm very hopeful that it will be revisited. I don't want to go down that road. It was a wonderful two weeks. Uh, bad decision, <laughs> plain and simple. Uh, so North Carolina won. Let's just say that. Uh, Florida up against it against Virginia. They rallied late, and it was Yushin Lin. Three down through 11. Ends up winning on the 18th hole, two up for the Gators to move on. Illinois, Florida State, back and forth. Jackson Buchanan holes out on 18 from the bunker. Excuse me, on eight, which was the 17th hole. Clanton makes about a six-footer for birdie on top of them. The Seminoles squeaking it out. Um, and I always wonder, like, when's Mike Small going to win a national championship? Uh, I really thought <clears throat> this might be the team and this might be the squad. Taking nothing away from FSU. They're really good. Um, but you win seven times, you're third in the country, uh, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Other quarterfinal, Georgia Tech, Pepperdine, back and forth, back and forth. The Yellow Jackets able to survive. So of the five teams from the ACC, four made it to match play, three made it to the semifinals. So the big bad SEC that had eight teams, lone representative Florida, once they were down to four. How about that? Well, how about the Big 12 not getting any teams in the top 15 for the first time ever? Yeah, um, and what, 29 years of its existence? Oh, oh yeah. And, you know, I guess that the, the SEC, what, what what does Jim Gallagher always say? It just means more? I think the, oh, he's, I not think the, the ACC he's not the only are, one. You know, yeah, I, I, they were sick of hearing about the SEC. I can assure you some of the conversations I had. Um Boy, the semifinals were fun. North Carolina, Georgia Tech, back and forth. I honestly don't remember who closed it out. Steelman. Um, yes, thank you. Yes, he got – how could I forget it? What he did on 16 and 17 uh, against Peter Fountain, those putts he made. Um, you're right. He was the hero of that semifinal match uh, to send the Yellow Jackets over the top seed. And if it wasn't Vandy – Everyone else probably would have thought it was North Carolina all season long. They fall short of playing for a national championship. And for the bulk of that day, it looked like it was going to be an all ACC final. Florida State in position, in control. And then it was the Ricky Castillo show. I mean, everyone played a part, but two down, three to go to force extra holes to keep going and then make that 20-footer on the 21st hole, which was the uphill par for 10. Uh, forget that I'm a Gator. About as fun of a Tuesday and semifinal match between two teams uh, that respect each other but can't stand each other. Oh, yeah, and it, it was no surprise that the two players or the one player on each team that that anyone on that team would want in that position in the anchor match with everything on the line got it done. I mean, you go back to the ACC championship and before that, and Bruce Hepler's telling us that the entire team voted Ross Steelman to be the anchor guy moving forward through the postseason. And so there were no questions about, all right, like, who am I going to match up? Like, who am I going to place where? Like, Ross Steelman was going out last and he made the clinching putt in the semis and finals at ACC's. It gets him through here. 
And Ricky Castillo, I mean, for all the ups and downs that he's had over the last couple of years since being the freshman of the year and a former top-ranked world amateur, um, when he gets into match play, it doesn't matter how he's playing. He always shows up. I mean, I was going through all the match play tournaments, whether college or amateur, and kind of doing the math and stuff. And he's actually, if, if we want to count his match from Wednesday, um, he's 9-3-1 and one in college match play for his career. That's over now. Four times, uh, sorry, three times into the round of 16 uh, at the USAM, twice the semifinals at the Western Am, uh, four times making match play there as well. Um, he's made a run at the North and South before. He's made a couple runs at the U.S. Junior. So he, when he gets in this format, there's just not many guys who can beat him. And that 10th hole, Burko, the third the third extra hole, um, he had to move his mark. And I heard Trey Jones say this, and I know J.C. Deacon was, was thinking this, but when Brett asked Ricky to move his mark, they knew that Ricky was going to make that putt. So they knew Brett had to make it. And lo and behold, he misses. Ricky pours it in, big fist pump, and they're on to the final. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to be a part of as as we all uh, had a front and center seat, whether we were in the booth or watching there uh, up and down 18 and 10. And then it set the stage for Florida, Georgia Tech. Florida had four national championships coming into Wednesday. Georgia Tech, four times a runner-up, three of them under head coach Bruce Hepler, who had been there 28 years. My nugget that always baffles me in some sense is history uh story as georgia tech men's golf team is they'd never won a national title and you know i had breakfast with burko i got my nuggets of i was intrigued neither of them ever wanted to be a head coach bruce hepler was going to be a cpa took the test had his first tax season and said this <laughs> in for me ends up at unlv becomes Dwayne knight's first assistant He's running. He's doing everything to make a dollar and learn something. He told me he would Jerry Tarkanian, the legendary basketball coach, and people would see him on the bench chewing on a towel. He said, you know who got him the towels? I did. You know who <laughs> took Larry Johnson here? I did. You know who picked up Stacey Ogwin from class? It was me. I, I could go an hour into Bruce Hepler's journey to this point. Um, and the same for J.C. Deacon, kid from Canada, went to UNLV, wanted to play professionally. After five years, knew it was probably time to pivot, needed to pay the bills. Lo and behold, becomes an assistant at his alma mater. So there's a tie for both of those guys under the legend Dwayne Knight, Hall of Famer, a national championship coach who stepped away a couple of years ago from the game. I know that was a big Wednesday for him. What was your uh, line, Burko? The, the 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 Dwayne Knight uh, coaching tree, you know, it doesn't uh, it's large or something. I I forget what the line is. Oh was. god, yeah, it's not, yeah. That I don't even know anymore. I'm still delirious <laughs> from two weeks in the desert. But it all it all circles back to Dwayne Knight, um, and, and it's crazy because that's sort of how college golf uh, does work if you go deep into the weeds. But I truly had no sense of who was going to win. Um, and then other than Yushin Lin out early, four and three, taking care of Christo Lamprecht for a while, it was the Gators. Then Georgia Tech started building momentum. Then they started flipping matches. Well, then the Gators got a little bit closer. 
And then Bartley Forrester hits a wedge or a short iron on 16 that is going to one hop over the green into the desert. Way over, yeah. And it one hops, hits the flagstick, almost goes in for one, makes birdie. And then right there, and I think it was said on the air, it's my my hole. Um, I'm like, sometimes along the way to victory, you catch a break that you may, you know, everyone gets breaks. And I internally, I said, wow, Georgia Tech is is going to win. You know, you just had that thought. Um, and then Forrester goes two up and then he misses a two footer on 17. Matthew Crest played 18 like a future major champion. Drive wedge to a foot, 520-yard hole. They go extra holes. Eventually, Forster closes them out. Maybe the unsung hero of this Florida team the last two years, John Dubois, just goes about his business. Nothing flashy. Clinches the SEC championship a month ago. Takes it to 18. Takes care of Connor Howe. Biondi and Ty back and forth. Castillo, Stillman back and forth. There was a moment four matches were tied on the golf course playing 16, 17, 18, and the first extra hole. And Ryan Labner after on our golf central hit, he's, is this the greatest? And I said, the greatest to me has always been 2012, one versus two, Riviera, Speed, Thomas. But I said, this would be the most dramatic and I probably didn't verbalize it the more I think about it now, we've had a match determine a national championship, Raza and Funk in 16. Excuse me. We had four matches, undecided, no advantage, with two holes to go. Yep. I I actually screenshotted it too. Yeah. 18, 17, 16, 16. It was unheard of. Biondi closes it out to put it the last Florida wins national title number five. Um, I think I've said it multiple times on this pod. They go as the big three, take them. Again, no disrespect to Dubois and Cress. I'm a big believer. Your leaders get you to the end. Biondi wins as an individual. Flat in the corners. Yushin Lin. Without him, Florida doesn't get out of the corners. Without Castillo in the semis, they don't play for a national championship. A- appropriate that Biondi closes it out and they win national title number five. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, what a great moment to to see J.C. Deacon give that kid a hug. You know, when you see you, – you look at the progression of his career, you know, where he gets on campus and, as he said, he was just a, a, a number. Like, he was just a guy on the team. He was there – Probably missed, uh, you know, more lineups that first year or two than than parties. And just the fact and the, the maturation process and not just the him of everyone. I mean, you look at Ricky and, you know, he's he's still working on, you know, that perfectionist attitude on the golf course and letting it get him down when he hits bad shots. I mean, we saw him kick a ball uh, basically into the desert on the 15th hole, but you know, it's not, he's not taking that, those bad shots with him as long as he used to. And he rallies, takes a lead. I'm going to give him that point. Um, I know we'll keep beating that drum. And then Yushin, uh, I mean, kind of up and down. I mean, he, he looked terrible in stroke play, looked terrible in that semis, getting boat raced by Jack Bigham from Florida State. 
but he comes out and he's just got that confidence. You always look at him and he always kind of has that, that grin on his face. Like he knows he's like, like he knows he's good. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just impressed by the job that both coaches did. And cause it's not easy to coach a big three, right? I mean, guys do things different ways. One guy likes this one guy likes that you got John Dubois, you know, who's kind of the, if Fred Biondi's the glue, John Dubois is kind of the guy who holds everyone accountable and, and, and make sure guys are doing things the right way. Right. Yeah. He's been roomies with Fred and Ricky the last uh, three years. And as JC told me, he's not afraid to call them out oh, and say, and, you know what, this doesn't that. work. And, and it's tough from his position, right? Because he's not, you know, he doesn't have the credentials on the course that those other guys do, but he's still, and I asked him and he goes, I just feel comfortable because I've known them so long and they respect me. And, and so that's important. And, and like I said, I've just, uh, you know, seeing how this team in recent years has fallen flat at this tournament where they didn't even make the 54 hole cut two years ago, didn't make match play last year. Um, and, and it, frankly, it was just immaturity. And all these guys have matured just enough uh, to where their talent can take over. And, I mean, this was as good as I've seen this team. Uh, those two match play days, as good as I've seen this team and you know, quite some time. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Um, obviously, most people know I'm a Gator alum. <laughs> do, um, do you want to tell everyone what you wore? Uh, no, I'm, well, I'm, I'm sure they saw the trophy presentation. <laughs> it happened. The colors just happened to be what they were. Um, hey, you you earned it. I mean, you all the money you've given that school to get your education there, you deserve the right to wear an orange shirt on Championship Wednesday. I would have done fun. the same thing. It was fun. Uh, talk to Bruce Epler. I'm going to rephrase that. I sent him a text because we didn't connect, if you will. After the matches, you know, we all have responsibilities. And I told him I probably wouldn't have had the right words to convey. But we always chuckle about breakfast with Burko. The coaches allow you, me, Lab, everyone to do our jobs effectively and efficiently. And Bruce has done that for 23-plus years with me. And um, the friendships, the relationships uh, – <laughs> The golf is great. We love what we do without connecting and being there when they need something and vice versa. Um, it's special, and I don't take it for granted. And, um, man, I hope he wins one. And he was the first one to say, he's like, I hate that. Nobody's owed anything in life. This is just golf. Oh, you've earned it. You, sh you should get yours. It's like, no, I shouldn't. It'll happen if it happens. Now, yeah. I'm sure he's wondering, gosh, when is it ever going to happen? Uh, but maybe it doesn't. You know, you you start thinking, how how much longer does he coach? And he could coach another five or ten years. I can argue from the quarters to the semis to the championship matches as good as we've ever had. Uh, I, I just don't feel like there was a blowout, if you will. It was just that good. And you talked about it, Greyhawk or three years done. Everyone there made it so welcoming. The experience were, was great. Coaches that thought, oh, gosh, what are we doing? They would say, you know what? This was better than we expected. Um, I think they had a wonderful balance of having a test for the women, men, back-to-back. -back. 
and they fine-tune things from year one to two, two to three, heck of a venue. Yeah, and it's it's all the ancillary things too, like the host hotel and just Scottsdale in general and the fact that you don't have to worry about weather as we were talking about. I mean, there, there's just so many little things and everyone who's a part of Greyhawk, they really know how to run an event. They know how to you know make the, the atmosphere um, welcoming, kind of exciting. I mean, you look at that back patio and everyone's having a good time, like, yeah, when it, when Arizona State lost, things got a little bit quieter. Um, but I mean, heck, as as good as three years from a host perspective, um, as I've seen, um, you know, just in my decade or so doing this. But golf course wise, not not my favorite. Um, but there but there are some things that I really love about it. That closing stretch from 16, 17, 18, you can even throw 15 in there as well. But that, that closing stretch is really good for match play. You know, have that short par four, have a, just a mammoth of a, of a par four closing for the men. Um, and then a, a par five for the, you know, there's some birdies out there and maybe even an Eagle for the women. Um, but I, I just, I, I just don't know if desert golf is the right barometer um, to decide a national champion just because not everyone plays it, not everyone's comfortable on it. And yeah, you can make that case anywhere. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see, um, what, what LaCosta does next year. Um, and for the years to come, uh, could, could be a better golf course, but again, I mean, Greyhawk's not bad and, um, you know, probably going to miss it. Uh, actually definitely going to miss it because uh i was i was thinking about that on the flight home too i'm like yeah I'm like, we're not going to be back next year like it's kind of sad um but again i've heard san diego is nice never been um and excited to get out get out there too oh you've never been to san diego wow never never I, you know what? i take that back i've been to carlsbad for like three hours and that's it so you've never then you've never been to san diego never been never been <laughs> uh Think about it, though. No Arizona team won in six national championships. Two Southern schools this year. Old Miss in 21. Like, the desert bias, the West Coast bias didn't happen. Didn't happen. You know, uh, teams figured it out, especially Wake Forest women. Yep. Took them a couple of years. Same, same with Florida men. You know, and, <laughs> and and that's one of the things I like about the three years is it rewards experience and getting there over and over again and having seniors and juniors on your team that have played the golf course dozens and dozens of times. Like that's one positive, I think, about going somewhere like that. And, you know, pipe dream, you know, maybe we can find a place whether it's in Arizona or Nevada or someplace where the weather is very predictable, maybe we can build our own NCAA Omaha, if you will, build our own course, wow. build a couple of courses. Ooh. And I'm not talking about you and me, but Collectively, college golf, yeah. having, having a course design is especially for you and maybe two. So you can have the women on one, the men on another, and you don't have to worry about flipping the switch in a day and changing the setup. Um, and then maybe you alternate. So who knows? 
Interesting. Interesting thought. It's going to be a busy summer. Amateur golf goes front and center from basically next week through the AM and then into the Walker Cup. You and I will go to St. Andrews to see uh, what I always believe is one of the preeminent amateur events. Um, you'd have to thank Gordon Sargent. Um, Dylan Minetti's coming back to school names. Michael Thorby Ornson. Maybe Austin Greaser, who's coming back, having surgery on that finger, hopes to be healthy, hopes to be ready. These are some names jumping to top of mind, thinking that you'd have to believe they'd be representing the U.S. Yeah, and there's, in my opinion, there's probably three to four locks right now where they could go out and not play great this summer and still be on the team. When you look at Gordon and Thor Bjornsson, David Ford, in my opinion, is a lock just based on what he's done amateur and college-wise the last six months or so. Um, and then I would throw Ben James in there, um, being the yeah. freshman, of the, freshman of the year. So I think three to four locks. Um, who knows what they're going to do mid-am-wise. I would think that Stuart Hagestead still deserves another shot um, for a fourth Walker Cup. Um, but maybe maybe some sleepers to keep an eye on. Derek Hitchner from Pepperdine, he's going to be remaining amateur this summer to to try and give uh, it a go at making this Walker Cup team. And you look at all the seniors that are bypassing that and turning pro right now. Um, granted, a lot of them have more sponsor exemptions and more opportunities on Corn Ferry and things like that than Derek Hitchner. But I just think you know, maybe you give a guy a little bit of an extra bump up um, for showing that, hey, this this means a great deal to me. So he's kind of a sleeper I look at that's you know, maybe he's going to be once guys shuffle out of the world amateur golf ranking, probably the 13th or 14th highest ranked American. Uh, Preston Summerhays, um, probably a guy you got to keep an eye on. Nick Dunlap uh, had a great close to the college year. Um, and then maybe a deep deep, deep sleeper, um, maybe Cannon Claycomb, um, you know, had a pretty good um, first four years at Alabama, or I guess three and a half, coming back for an extra year. Um, I think he could be a guy that could pick off one of those big summer events and make a little bit of noise. It's going to be fun to watch it all play out. Everyone, we're going on summer break. If there's breaking news or something that we need to jump on record one we will but this is when we sort of pump the brakes a little we've got major championships usga amateur season uh, but we'll be back maybe like a post us amateur preview of the walker cup i could feel like uh is we a could possibility do that. To we could do it live off. from live from the dunbegan wow wow see now you're going big time on us um all food for thought, but uh, a blast, my friend. Uh, you have spearheaded this podcast. You've gotten some great guests, uh, and I just sort of follow your lead. So, uh, <laughs> God, what have we been doing this? Three years now? That sound right? Yeah, yeah, three years. I, I, we we should really put the episode number in front of each episode so we know what number it is. But gosh, we're probably on episode seventy by now. Yeah, I would say maybe a year from now we're tipping close to a hundred. So we'll see if and we can uh, get there. Maybe we'll give away, uh, I don't know, your old reporting notebooks to the to the 
first download of the hundredth episode. I don't know. Maybe we'll get, we'll get a little creative. Maybe we'll we'll uh, get college golf book on uh, next next season and uh, un- unveil the the masked man. We know it's not me. That's for sure. I I barely have enough time to take care of what I need to. Uh, always enjoyed it. Uh, have fun with the little one and the family this summer. We will uh, reconnect uh, down the road. And, and most importantly, thanks to everyone that takes a little time, listens to it. We always wonder who. But then when you get out to Greyhawk and people I wouldn't have thought, oh, I love that cast. Or, boy, we, we enjoy uh, listening. Um, I guess we do have a few fans out there, huh? <laughs> or, or or the Pepperdine women. You're getting a little uh, pissed off at me for calling them uh, inexperienced or you know, whatever I said, I can't even remember what I said three minutes ago, but if, if it's a little motivation, then uh, we're doing our job. So, but yeah, Burko, it's been great. I mean, obviously we couldn't do this podcast without you. You keep us on the rails and uh, yeah, I couldn't be more thankful uh, to do this podcast with you. Likewise, team effort for sure for everyone. Have a good summer, a safe summer, a fun one. And we'll see you next time right here on College Golf Talk. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.